What's up, humor and mistakers? That doesn't work. I was trying to be like Mark Marin. He has a podcast called WTF, and he calls his listeners what the fuckers. Uh, humor and mistakers just doesn't fit. So I'm going to think of another name to call y'all. Um, maybe Posse, but, but that's too generic. Uh, that's a goal for 2019, though. I'm going to think of a name to call y'all. Speaking of 2019, I'm on episode 19 of this very wonderful podcast. And I'll probably have 20 drop before the end of the year. But looking back when I first started this back in March, I didn't know I was going to continue doing this. I didn't think it was going to work. And I was nervous because I didn't know anything about sound or podcasting or recording it. But I just started. So if there's anything out there that you want to do in 2019 and you don't know if you're going to be great at it, you don't even know how to do it, I would say just start. And even if you have people who tell you, no, don't do this, because I did have a couple people who told me this was a dumb idea, do it anyways. So if you got a significant other that doesn't believe in your dreams, just start working on it in private, you know. And then one day, two years from now, you'll go to your significant other and be like, hey, you know all those times I told you I had a work project and I had to stay late? I've been lying to you for two years. But now I am entering the Olympics as a curler. That is what I believe out there. There is some person who wants to curl. They saw it on the Olympics eight years ago or so. And their dream is to curl. And they're not doing it because they feel that they would be judged. McNeil says, go curl your heart away. Young man or woman or they, go curl your heart away. Uh, what do I have on the docket for this year? I got to get back on the stand-up game, guys. I've been slacking because I've been doing this. I got to get back on the stand-up game. I got a YouTube channel coming for y'all. Um, and just check it out. 2019, we're going to do big things. Uh, we're going to continue to grow. We're going to continue to get funnier. And uh, I might leave the ladies alone for a little bit in 2019. They're a distraction, y'all. I'm telling you, man, um, I've thrown some Hail Mary passes lately. And what that means in my mind is when I've just started talking to someone and I have like a couple of people I'm talking to, to me, a Hail Mary pass is when you haven't established any reason why she would come over. But you just ask anyway, like you're just throwing that Hail Mary. And one of them worked. So this Sunday, it's going down. She's a young, uh, lovely young lady. I just threw the Hail Mary pass. Uh, I'll probably tell y'all too much about my life sometimes. But I was trying to be celibate for a little bit, trying to focus. But then I couldn't see straight. Like, I, I didn't know what was going on. I almost went to the hospital because I was like, yo, doc, something ain't right. Um, But... I think Sunday I'll be cured. I hope y'all have a wonderful New Year's. Write down some goals, shit that you want to get accomplished in 2019. Let me know if you have any mistakes that you want to talk about on here. Um, email me at humorinmistakes at gmail.com. That's humor, I-N, mistakes at gmail.com. 
have a wonderful year, year goal set. At the end of the year, I'm going to check in with you to see if y'all got y'all's goals accomplished. Uh, this next guy, uh, he is the creator of Between Two Clouds. His name is Matthew, but he goes by Bob Clouds. Um, he's just a creative guy. He just wants to make the world a better place. Uh, the reason I'm riffing is because he gave me one sentence to say, and I don't have it ready right now, but maybe if I pull up Facebook, this, this is this is the things. Sometimes, guys, I, I'm bad at the little details, you know, of things. But I'm pulling up Facebook, and he's an artist with the vision. That's what it is. He's an artist with the vision. And uh, he he runs a collaborative group called Between Two Clouds. And they put on shows all over the triangle. And they just do it differently. Like, they're very professional. Um, they have a DJ set at the beginning. And then they have stand-up. Um, they have food. Like, they cook uh, vegan food for the, all the comics and all the guests. And it's just really something different. And another reason it was different is because I walked in at 9 o'clock to perform with them. And the show started at 9 o'clock. They're professional. And I know y'all are like, whoa, what does that mean? In comics, in comedy, if the show starts at 9 o'clock, it probably starts at 10, you know. But they were very professional, and I like that. So he's a good dude. Uh, after the show, because we didn't really know each other, I got recommended to be on his show from someone who couldn't be there. So I just chatted with them after the show, and we talked about it. And I was like, hey, man, we'd be on the podcast. And here we are. Uh, enjoy. Additional information alert. Uh, you're going to hear a lot of background noise. I recorded this with Bob right before showtime. And so you're going to hear some cooking in the background. Just know that the food was fucking delicious. Now listen to the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, you're in for another episode of Humor and Mistakes with me, McNeil. This time we're not on the radio. We're actually at a guy's house. Uh, Between Two Clouds is going to be our guest today. He's uh, the owner of Between Two Clouds. He's an entrepreneur. He's got a good head on his shoulders. He's a decent dude. We talked after a show once and I invited him on. So um, we're going to let this intro music play out and then we're going to get him started. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Okay. Uh, you got a show you're setting up for. That's why. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah, it's uh, between two clouds. To you, number ten. B two C to you, number ten. That's uh, happening today. It's December seventeenth. We're really excited for it. Comedy, music, food, good time. So you are between two clouds. Like I, that is my artist moniker. So the reason why it's my artist moniker is because it's an idea. Uh, when I was like turning my life around, it was like the first moment, like the light bulb turned on. I had this event in an airplane that uh, I just I just realized some things about people and about myself and it was the first time I kind of noticed that and I realized that my life could be significant it could be something that's worth living and I was in an airplane and the clouds were shaped in a certain way it's where it's absolutely the most beautiful thing I've ever seen still to this day and this was four or five years ago and uh, I couldn't find a name for it I asked a bunch of pilot friends they didn't have any answer so it just kind of clicked in my head in, in a moment like instantly I was between two clouds in that moment and then so the idea began and the vision of what you know my life could be and what the world could be and so I adopted it as my artist moniker so as a group between two clouds is the name of it but it's an idea and then I it's my artist moniker like kind of secondary really 
So, are you ever going to have an event in an airplane? Like, <laughs> man, that would be. I this is definitely within the wheelhouse of the stuff we try to do. We we try to trailblaze a lot. Like, I would say we use the wheels that we can, but we reinvent the stuff pretty often. So, doing something in an airplane is definitely interested in doing that at hey, some man. point. I just want to be invited. If you do one in an airplane, just invite me. Yeah, man, for sure. Um, so you said that you decided to change your life around. So let's talk about who you were before gotcha. you were in an airplane and two clouds. Right. What What were the clouds shaped as? Like, scooby-doo? oh my god, dude! It was they were like perfect pillows. Okay. Like they're perfect rectangular pillows, like shaped as pillows with at the end edges, and it, at each edge there was like light shining through, and it was the same visual visual below as it was above, and it was like equal spacing below and above. And then the far the further out you went, the more the pillows broke up, and it was just nothing but light shining through. So nothing but white clouds and light, and it was like crazy, crazy. Like I could not over exaggerate how pretty it was. Like it's prettier than anything I could ever say. And I couldn't get a photo because my phone was dead, and that kind of sparked me looking around and noticing other people didn't notice the beauty I did. And I was like, wow, you know, maybe I noticed something in the world other people don't. Maybe I can offer that uh, insight to beauty, even though it was all physical, but it kind of like clicked with everything in that moment. I get that, man. Like, sometimes I'll be at a party and see, like, the, the sun will be out or be setting, and I'll just stand there and be like, people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just, I'm vibing right now, man. Don't don't kill it for me. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, so, who were you beforehand? Like, were you were you a fighter, a, a, a bank robber? Like, who no, was, what did, no, what, no. why did you have to change? Like, what were you doing beforehand? Gotcha. So, I was always a pretty... Punching s- puppies. No, 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 I was never that person. Okay. It wasn't a thing like I had to turn my life around because I had done so much wrong. It was more of I was like incredibly broken as a person. Like more broken as a human than I believe most people can begin to understand. Uh, I had a really, 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 really broken household. A very negative living environment growing up and it was very secluded too. So I didn't have a lot of exposure to other families and how things could be. So I thought it was just normal. You know, like pretty much every night family was screaming. Every, and that was just the norm come home from school after a long day, go to do homework, and uh, mother and father screaming back and forth at the top of their lungs and just belittling each other and braiding each other. And this was every single night. So it was like a really psychologically tormenting situation. And I, I wasn't very rebellious, so I didn't like push away from that. I just kind of thought that's how it was. So I adapted to my environment. So I began uh, being the person that survived in that environment. So I was pretty much very small I was a very small person and to myself and um, very broken I didn't know how to communicate or relate with others so did, y- did y'all adhere to the McNeil household where we don't talk about issues yeah. we just let them blow up like a week later and then just have an explosion yeah they wouldn't talk about anything man no emotions like I was it was definitely one of those households if I like broken ankle or something it'd be like yo suck it up <laughs> and it's and i had like real issues like i had real health issues like yo fucking nothing deal with it and like now i have like really bad digestive issues that i've had to struggle with just because i was told you're not feeling anything and like i have an extra vertebrae that makes my it's difficult to work with my spine and i have to like constantly keep up with it so it so it sounds negative but honestly all of these things have helped to empower me like i'm, I'm really appreciative that i did have that home environment and I did have such a rough, like, coming of age. Like, I didn't really click in until I was 22, man. I was really, really broken on the inside and really fucked up and really tormented and suicidal until I was about 22 and, and with not much support. Where were you? So, so this 22 was when you were in the plane. 
I think I was 22. I think it was, it was 21 or 22. Where were you going? Was it someplace significant? Yeah, so for me it was. So I was somebody who's like really disempowered as a person. And I decided that I wanted to go see my friends that lived in Texas. Because I used to live in Texas. Okay. And I only had like a couple friends there. And they were always awesome to me. So I bought myself a plane ticket. Buying myself a plane ticket was like a big step for me. I wouldn't buy myself anything. Especially a plane ticket to go somewhere by myself. Like it, in my world, it was a very big thing. So that was triumphant in itself. And then I went down there, and the experience I had was their family treated me like family. And I'd never felt that kind of warmth before, ever, in my life. And it was so natural and organic. And the moment I stepped in the door, hey, Matthew, it's so nice to see you. They never even met me before. But they heard, like, their friend, oh, my friend's coming to stay for a few days. So that's what happened. And then that's in the airplane back, the trip back after having that experience is when the Between Two Clouds vision popped in my head. Isn't it crazy? Like, uh, for me, when someone does something nice for me, just how I grew up, I'm like, what, did they, what do they want? Like, I have oh to my turn God, that yes, part dude. off. I'm like, what yes. did this fucker want? Like, someone's trying to, are you trying to manipulate me? I'm getting significantly better with it, but, like, yeah. I'm. it's way easier for me to just give. Like, I'm, I mean, I've been too generous throughout my life. Yeah. I've given way too much in an unhealthy way. And then whenever somebody does do something nice, I'm like, why? Why, man? Like, why me? You know, and I try to just like rationalize it, like, oh, they're doing this back because we have a good relationship, and I now like logically let myself appreciate it properly. But it's still, it's still weird. It's always gonna be. Yeah, like I knew it was. I knew I had a problem when I had to have like emergency surgery real quick in college, and my boss called me to check and make sure if I need anything. I was like, she wants something. Like oh, she couldn't sure. even call in to check on me without me thinking she wanted something. Right, and something I've realized is that you know everybody is so similar so there's people that have had similar experiences to me or they've had other struggles like mine was absolute hell it was absolute psychological hell and i wish it upon nobody but other people have gone through similar situations situations that are just as much it was just as uh they were just as broken as me in a different way and i think it's natural that we fill those cracks with gold like the japanese thing like i think that just naturally happens whenever you grow yeah. I think it becomes more beautiful because it was broken initially. So there's other people out there like that. So I think the kindness is very real from that. So it's something you don't expect other people to ex have experienced that because everybody seems so normal. But some people, you know, are. So when that kindness comes through, their cracks come through, you just don't expect it. And I'm starting to, like, just realize that everybody has those cracks. You know, some more than others. Some are bigger gaps. And So you made it all the way to 22, right? Some people don't. Like, I am very fortunate. Most people like me kill themselves. So sure. what What did you do anything to get through it or did you just coast? I would say, I would say, yeah, I did a good job at numbing out in ways that weren't too out of control. Like because my parents were really bad drinkers, my mother specifically, uh, I avoided alcohol. I didn't have a drop of alcohol in my body until I was 22. Oh. So, I, so if I'd have done that earlier, maybe that would have driven things out of control. And because I didn't drink alcohol, I didn't smoke, smoke pop for the first time until I was yeah about that age too i didn't do any kind of drugs so i think that helped but the other things i do weren't much healthier it's just that they didn't add up to getting too out of control to end up killing myself even though i thought about it every day and i, I can't say there weren't attempts it's just that they weren't as vicious as they would have been given there's like drug use or i think a lot of th i'm very lucky i'm very fortunate there's a lot of things that came together for me not to end up doing that and going that route it's, I would say it's mostly luck, man. And I'm, I'm very resilient. I've always been resilient somehow. 
You know, maybe if you started smoking in high school, you'd have gone, gotten dreads. You'd have been like... Uh, oh, man. Who knows? So, me, I grew up in the suburbs. Okay. We were the lower middle class white family in a very rich area. Uh, Keeping up with the Joneses? Not really. My family didn't too much, but okay. we were just exposed to that environment. So, I always felt like a super outsider. But I was white, so I wasn't like super outsider to America, but I always felt that way. And honestly, I know what I definitely was. Uh, but I ended up going to an inner city school, uh, which was fucking awesome. Like most people that live around me would have absolutely hated it, but I loved it. So like I grew up when I like my most of my growing as a teenager was around black folks, around kids that like come from like bad neighborhoods but wanted to do better for themselves. It was a magnet school, okay. so it was a very unique situation. Um, growing up, I don't know exactly what you asked for me to put that out. Oh, I just said that if you smoked weed in high school, oh, you yeah. had so, dreads. So dreads. So, <laughs> so because of my high school situation, there's a very high chance if I smoked weed, I would have gotten dreads. <laughs> okay. For sure. I'm just picturing you with it. Like if, oh, my God. If I, I would have became a rapper <laughs> earlier. <laughs> oh, everything. You name it. If I can work, get I my Photoshop skills together yeah. the next week, you might just have dreads in this photo. Yo, inspire me to get them. You might as well, man. You might no, as well. I, I like it. I cut my hair really short. I used to have really long, like pretty hair. But mm-hmm. it was too much, man. It was so vain. <laughs> so so part of this podcast, uh, the, the goal of it is to tell about some of the mistakes you've made in the past. Uh, mistakes that you thought may have been a big deal that you can kind of laugh at now. And oh the whole God. goal is it, it, of it is someone's going to listen to you and be like, yo, if he did that, I'm fine. Exactly. That's... That's cool, cause that's kind of what I preach too. Is like, yo, I've, I've been through some shit, man. But if you if you want it, you can make your life, you can make your life pretty awesome. Like, I live a pretty awesome life now, and if people saw what the fuck I was going through, they would never expect that from me. They wouldn't have betted on you. Oh no, nobody did. That's the thing. Nobody bet on me. The first person to bet on me is my friend uh, Daniel, who uh, has helped me start up the Between Two Clouds stuff. The only person really for a long time. Um, so I would say the mistakes that have the most humor to them is the stuff with women romantically because of how convoluted and how bad my relationship with my mother was uh my entryway into romance was filled with naivety filled with just absolute not knowing how to deal with situations so the stuff i talk about today i i promise you not to over exaggerate and i'll tell exactly how things happened uh it might seem over exaggerated <laughs> So I've had some weird experiences where I just didn't know how to deal with situations. Um, so I'd say the first one that pop, pops up to mind would be, oh my God, there's there's so many. There's so many. I'm only going to be able to tell you all a few of them out of the ridiculous amounts. So one was I went so I went to a, a black high school. It was like 90% black, maybe like I think 30 white kids total. And there's other 30. I did not like the other white kids, <laughs> to be honest with you. A few of them were cool, but overall it was not not for me. So there's a lot of like really beautiful black girls there. Uh, and there's this one specifically, she was really cool, it was really awesome to talk to. I think it was my sophomore year, freshman year. And one day it kind of just escalated and we're sitting in the public library that was attached to the school. And my friend was here and had his girlfriend on his lap and then she came and sat on my lap. Now mind you, this girl is absolutely gorgeous. All right, and well, uh, well populated. <laughs> if you understand what I'm saying. Uh, absolutely gorgeous oh my yes okay. absolutely and so she sits on my lap and I freak the fuck out 
freak. I did not know how to do it. <laughs> I shook her off me like a dog, like what? shaking off water, for real. And I was like, oh, oh, oh. Like, I don't know what to do with it. No. So you pulled a, a scene right out of the movies. Oh, my God, dude. Yes. And it's not like it was a softer version of the movies. It was as exaggerated in person. And it was so unfortunate. Because it would have been such a cool experience. We should cool people. We yeah. had good conversations. It wasn't just like this thing. It's physical. Like this yeah. hot girl sitting on my lap. It wasn't like that at all. Like We'd already talked a lot. And... Uh, then after that, when I did that, she's like, yeah, um, I just need somebody that's like, how she, how she put it, instead of being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's like, I need somebody that's like grown. <laughs> man, you messed up. Lap, uh, lap sitting is Baby, like first man. base in high school. Yeah, man. It's more of like, it would have been nice to have those experiences and, and dive into them early so that I would have gotten through it quicker. Because it took me well until like, I'm 26, I'm about to be 27 on December 21st. A few days, man, four days. Oh, wow. Happy birthday. Yeah, man, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) But I I didn't really get like healthy with women and not necessarily like treating women poorly, more of like being comfortable until I was like 25, man. It's way late bloomer. And now it's... I'm all good. I'm all caught up. It's everything's good. You 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 ran. You it's a journey, not a race, man. Yeah, it's a marathon for sure. And I have ran that marathon more so many times. So I was, I should have ran some races earlier. Okay, that's what I'm saying. So that's like one. Um, See, that's good, man. Like a lot of my bad experience comes from listening to too much rap music as a kid. So that'll I, get you. Oh so my I God. thought, like you know, I thought I got the you know rappers. They talk about you get to cheat, you get to have as much fun as you want to, and oh, she's gonna yeah. hold you no down. No repercussions. You I be thought fine. that's how You're life worked, for man. It. Exactly. Like, baby, I cheated on you. We strong now. <laughs> this is making us stronger. <laughs> this was for you. <laughs> I had a, so I had a, uh, uh, so I had done that a couple times, cheated on a couple girls. And then I had a, a female friend who's like, I want you to explain that logic to me. Like, I want you to explain yeah. how. And I was like, That's okay, I'm going to cheat. And then, and I just couldn't explain like, like, oh, man. And they just look, you have to look in the mirror. Oh, man, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, Holy God, shit. it makes sense now. <laughs> that doesn't strengthen a relationship. Bro, I don't think, I, I don't think I've ever cheated on a girl. Okay. Good man. It's ever been that way. I've always like was I was too respectful. Okay. Like when they even when they've done things to not deserve the respect, I'm like, oh, I have to. I have to be like this great person, instead of being a genuinely great person by like doing what I felt. So but yeah, I've, I've never cheated. Okay. There was one time at all. Another. Here's the next one. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a girl that I met in Asheville. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop names because like I genuinely these are these are cool people. Okay. So even dropping they're cool ass people. Nothing against them at all. Uh, her name is Taylor. Awesome people. Really really talented musician and composer. Cool cool people. I I was just not there enough and we weren't uh, good enough together to make that work. But it, we started off really quick. Like we met up, hung out, had a long talk and a date. And then after like one or two dates. We're like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll hang out more. We'll talk more. We'll see where this goes, right? So then, and she lives in Ashland. I live in Charlotte. So drove back to Charlotte, and the next day I went out to a spot, like a kind of late night dessert spot. And there's this girl that like hit on me repeatedly, and every time that happens, I'm like, she's trying to get me to buy stuff. I I never assume somebody's just like attracted to me and like making a move. It never comes to my mind. It's definitely a years later afterthought. Like, wow, she was hitting on me. 
Uh, so this girl, super, super pretty, really cool from when I talked to her. And then we, she asked to hang out after when I was there. I was just sitting there writing and journaling, and uh, I think I was working on some music. And it just kind of escalated and escalated and escalated. And not because I was escalating it, she was escalating it. She was really enjoying whatever was going on. And then she got like really vulnerable and let out some stuff about stuff she was looking looking for in life and her family and stuff. So that was really cool. And I really enjoy those experiences. I value that over over sex any day. It's like just those nice, vulnerable conversations. That's mostly what I look for really. I'm getting stuff. there. <laughs> really? Uh, One day. I just, the first few girlfriends I had were freaks. Crazy, crazy freaks. And it was just sex constantly. So it's like, it's great. But I had so much of it with a few of the girlfriends that it's not as big. I'd rather have more quality sexual experiences rather than more experiences. And I'd like to have it come after those vulnerable conversations. Like, that's how I function at this point. I think. I mean, I could definitely change. Stuff happens. (laughs) So anyways, we had this vulnerable conversation. And then she's like really making moves on me. She's like showing me how to like salsa dance. Incredible. Incredible salsa. She was. Not me. I could not move my hips. I, usually I don't have like typical white per- people shit, but when it comes to moving my hips, I, I turn into like, you know, 47 year old Dan from down the street they don't trying work. to salsa dance. They just don't. I've gotten better with it after some yoga and stuff. Uh, but she was putting the moves on me and putting the moves on me and she went to kiss me. And I was like, oh man, I had those dates with that girl. I shouldn't do this. Like we weren't even like dating at that point. And then I like backed off and I, I genuinely wanted to. It was a great time, great conversation. And then when I like thought it through a few days later and I like made it weird and shit and she was really into it and that would have been an awesome experience. Another person I would love to have gotten closer with. And uh, I was like, man, I, I fucking <laughs> mess it up. And then the then Taylor, the stuff with Taylor ended up not being healthy. It ended up being super unhealthy. So that would have been a significantly better situation. And she was in town and like, so that was stupid. Like that's another just like, I, I was like overcommitted to this person I just I just met. And I did that. So, I've done that so many times. Oh, I get that. Like uh, when I first graduated college, and I went through a breakup. Like I would drive an hour to go see someone. Now I'm gonna drive oh ten God, minutes. An hour? They have to be incredible. I didn't even know. Like it was just like we met up online or something. Because I was just I don't know. I was giving too much at that point. Mm. You know now. If I met somebody online, I would be willing to allow. Not allow. They can do whatever they want willing to invite them to something I'm already doing. <laughs> if I'm already doing it and they want to go, let's do it. But oh, that's me now, man. I'm not changing it. my schedule for nobody unless you earn. And earn sounds bad, but I'm talking about like we built up rapport enough right. to where I will. Or they or they have like a reputation of being awesome people. Yeah. You know, like maybe they have a really good recommendation from somebody. Maybe somebody I respect a lot. It's like, yo, this person's awesome and I think you guys would at least enjoy each other. If there's anybody out there like that, listeners, please... <laughs> Hook a brother up. I've been going on a lot of bad dates lately. You know, they end well, but they don't end well past a certain. Totally get it. Yeah. People are so guarded nowadays, man. Yeah, man. They they want to keep it so casual, and I just don't. Like, I haven't been on a date in a, in a long time. And it's, just, I don't know, I'm really content right now with my life, and everything I'm doing with, like, with the events and stuff is really fun. And I have such good friends now, and that friend group's growing so much, so I don't, like, think about it as much. Okay. Got your whole team here. Yeah, man. So, yeah, we're at the uh, the event space right now. 
and uh, everybody's setting s some final stuff up or teams here and they're all good we have a chef here people to help me with video production and uh, audio engineering and in-house musician really excited so how so be between two clouds was an idea like you you had an epiphany and it became an idea how did you make that happen because I, I think that's okay, yeah important. that's be cool to ask that too because not a lot of people know this not I don't even think that team really knows this it's pretty much just me and maybe like Daniel and the really close friends during those times so initially between two clouds is just I was looking for an artist moniker because I started singing I'm a pretty natural singer. I sing like neo soul stuff, and I'm pretty good at it naturally. I'm not super trained. I'm trained just enough for it to work. And I was looking for a name to use, and I didn't know. You know, I didn't have much of an identity at all prior to that point. I was just, I was just broken, just broken and trying to not be broken, without realizing how broken I was. Uh, so when the between two clouds thing came, it was a really easy transition. I'm like, that's gonna be my artist name. That's awesome. So I was saying a little bit, I would go into the studio with a friend that rapped and sing on some tracks and stuff. Uh, just occasionally, maybe once every, once a week maybe, once every other week. And then the first time that I dropped Acid, was <laughs> by far, so by far best decision of my life. Um, I don't, I don't really do Acid anymore. I haven't done it in a while. I don't really do much of anything. I might drink coffee and get a beer every now and then. That's about it. And uh, so I wrote a bunch of poetry. I got into writing poetry during that time. And the first poem I wrote was like nuts. Like to this day, absolutely crazy how good it was. I don't think I've replicated it much. And not in a bad way. It's just grown and developed. It just hasn't been like that, I guess, raw and good. And just, I don't know, it kind of blew my mind that I was able, capable of doing that in that time. So I started to write poetry. And then so I try to sing my poetry. And then it's hard to sing poetry sometimes. So then I started to like, rap poetry a little bit and then I was like man I enjoy rapping I never thought I would so I started to rap but how I rap is more like sing rapping like neo soul with rapping so it's a softer voice it's not as aggressive uh, so I would rap write poetry and sing and... no 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 man <laughs> I, I am really big on like they call it conscious lyrics but usually those are boring like I'm into like real deep shit like I use profanity and stuff yeah. but not just to use it like it has to really make sense and really express the emotion but most times it's really like uh, it's talking about how I'm feeling. Like, uh, I don't know, some lyrics would be like, I'm feeling lethargic, took a step towards my target, slipped, a, slipped up on some carpet, started to market, have parted love from the department stores, bought these flowers, don't know who they're for. Okay. You got two syllables in there. I like it. Two syllable rhyme scheme. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty good writer. Um, and then the rapping, I, I enjoy. I'm, I'm okay at it. I'm good enough to where somebody would want me to like work with them at most. So I'm okay. I'm okay at all of it. And I enjoy it a lot, and it's genuine for me. And I, I don't do like the div divisive lyrics and like the calm women bitches thing, okay. unless like it's specifically somebody was being a, a huge bitch. <laughs> so I'm, I'm really big on like, if you make music, you know, kids could listen to it and kids could like it. And we're very shaped by art. We're very shaped by art. I know I was. Oh, definitely. So it's it's really as an artist, it's really your job to express yourself wholeheartedly and I feel like there's a lot of music out there that's way more negative than the people that make it I'm so glad you mentioned that like because there's still a part of me even though I'm grown now that wants gold ceilings just because um, yes, every rapper dude, yes. told me that that's what I was supposed to strive for like I still want gold ceilings I still want I still want some rims and I gotta be like yes dude, it's not, yeah, are, I don't really want that I don't really but it's in my soul we're products of our environment and the thing is too is that most of what we are, we really didn't choose. I think people forget that. They think that they're really in control of a lot of stuff. You're not. 
most of it's out of your control. You control very little, but you can control the environment you put yourself in. I think that's one of the most important things. So when you listen to like music that's really negative, you can act like it's not impacting you, but it is. And you are becoming what you, you're becoming your environment. So I'm really big on that to be aware that if I do express something in an angry way, that it's, it's as genuine as I can make it. And if it ends up being genuinely negative, you know, that's what it's going to be. But it's not going to be talking about bitches and money and cars. And, and if that's what I genuinely feel, maybe nobody should fucking listen to me. Dude, sometimes, let me just tell you something. Sometimes I'll have somebody on this uh, on a podcast and they'll say some stuff that is relevant to my life without realizing it. I've been thinking part. I've been thinking maybe I should give up gangster rap. Like I was literally thinking that. Yeah, man. Uh, if you if you listen to people talking about shooting people up, it's more likely to happen. It's just how it works. I know. Or you're more likely to be okay with it. It's not going to be as gruesome to you. It's going to be more normalized. They, these are all the thoughts I've been thinking. Like maybe you've outgrown gangster rap, man. No, and it's also it's also like you know, pardon my words on this, but like talking about shit like that is a pussy move. It's a pussy move to talk about harming others. You are a pussy. That means you're not dealing with your own shit. Okay, we live in a fucking world, dude. They don't even do it. Where? I, no, most of them don't. And honestly, <laughs> I know, like, I went to school with some real-ass gangbangers. Yeah. They weren't bragging about it. Yeah. They were not. They were really cool, really sweet to me. They never brought me into it. They never pushed on me. They never... I listened to some of their music. It wasn't usually talking about that. It's a lot of people that want to feel more powerful, and they think that being powerful is harming others and showing their power over others. If you need to be powerful over others, you're a weak person. And if you have millions of dollars, you're not killing someone every day. Like, I, and if I was, you are, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. And nobody should listen to you. Again, back to the point, nobody should listen to you. And if you listen to people that spread negative messages, you're making the world a more negative place. Now, is that good or bad? I don't believe in good or bad. But if you talk about, if you don't want killing in the world, then don't empower things to talk about killing. All right, Tory Lanez. That's a rapper. Got to stop listening to your diss track. Yeah, oh my god, rappers with diss tracks, dude. <laughs> let's, let's talk about that for a second. I know that we'll go back to some mistakes I made. Oh yeah, that. definitely. But uh, if you have millions of dollars and you need to make diss tracks, you could be making art. You could be making art that empowers the children. You could make it empower people's minds. You could make a beautiful art. Instead, you're taking your time to diss somebody. You're also a pussy. Yeah, I've been listening to three, it's a three minute song. And Tory Lanez, I didn't know you could kill somebody that many ways. Oh my god! <laughs> Tory Lanez rapped about, and I'm like, maybe you shouldn't be listening to this. No, and it, here's the thing though: is if you live that life, and there's a lot of people, man, that they they live that life, they have to worry about their lives. Like a black kid in Chicago, if you're listening to music talking about protecting yourself, I fucking get it. Yeah. Like everybody should at least empathize in some way. But if you're not living that life, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what are you doing with your life? And if you're not aware enough to do it nobody should blame you but at the same time nobody should also listen to you fair enough they should listen to you in a compassionate way like oh well let me help this guy out because he's obviously damaged like i've been damaged so i can't judge you for that but you shouldn't be a role model nobody should look at you for answers all right i believe in starting small so january no gangster rap for me well, I mean, unless you live that life, man, or maybe you resonate hey, with it. Hey, I might. You never know, man. Like, so, so even on that, too, is like not cutting out all artists. Like, yeah. uh, I don't know if you know, y'all know Plies. Plies has one song that is one of my favorite songs to this day. And I, I'm a DJ. I listen to tons of music. One Day by Plies is such a beautiful fucking song. It's about uh, his friend dying and seeing his baby at the, at the uh, playground and how much he wishes his homie was back to be able to play with his child and 
talking about how his like girlfriend or the the baby mama is like sleeping around on him and how his friends don't give a fuck about him no more and how much he misses his friend and it's such a vulnerable and beautiful track it's fucking gorgeous by plies plies oh my god <laughs> so here here are some plies lyrics typically bitch i'm a model call a photographer <laughs> dress like i'm going to a photo shoot partner millionaire imposter G, G, like it, it's so funny because every every rap cd like the ones that are actually talented they'll have this one gym that is so deep and vulnerable and then the rest of it will be surrounded by gangster music and i'm like and people don't value doing? those vulnerable songs it's like crazy because that one day song for real is gorgeous man it's such a good song but then people like the other the bullshit because it's easier because people don't want to look in the mirror and be like yo i'm a weak ass person i would rather just say that i'm right for how i live now than become something more become you know somebody that i look up to like everybody everybody looks up to martin luther king everybody looks up to gandhi everybody looks up to well i would hope most people right yeah to jesus but the reality is you can be that every single person can be that i can be that and saying that you cannot is the easy way out and it's the weak way out. And it's easy to just go for the easier shit. It's easier to go for the not getting deeper than to realize like, yo, I can notice that this this vulnerability is beautiful. And the fact that I can't resonate with it is, you know, it's something inside. And maybe I don't want to be vulnerable. Maybe I want to be somebody who's just very surface area and I don't really care about the, my consequences. But at least owning that. And if that's the case, that's the case. Like who can judge how somebody else lives? We all didn't choose to be here. Well, I, I think that's tough, though, because people, even adults who have made wrong decisions, we're adults, but I'm talking about like older adults who have made wrong decisions in the past, like I'll, I'll take my own family for a thing. If you, if you hear them talk about their past life, they won't talk about mistakes or things that have happened that they did wrong because no one wants to admit that they're making a wrong decision. Because like, it takes a strong person to admit mistakes and to admit that you now understand that that was something that impacted other people it takes a strong person to do it and we live in a culture of weak people yeah. uh, there's a quote by so David Goggins is one of my role models uh, I don't have very many role models I don't look up to a lot of people I like I just don't think they're that great I think a lot of people think they're I don't think they're that great uh, but David Goggins is awesome He's a cool um, dude. yeah man and one of his quotes is it's so easy to be strong or be powerful or something like that because everybody's so weak and it's not that people are less valuable. You know, everybody's deserving of happiness. Everybody's deserving all this. We all didn't choose to be here again. But if you can't take your experiences and become stronger for it, you're weak. And it's okay to be weak, you know, but you're not strong. I had someone say, it. just accept who you are, right? So uh, Just honor what you are in the moment. Because that's what you are. Get the fuck over it. What, what do you want to be? Yeah. That's what's more important. Who can I be tomorrow? Yeah. You uh, can't change right now. I had a guy on my podcast. He was like, and I was telling him that I wasn't really taking it serious, but I wanted to. And he's like, don't do that. He said, if if you don't want to have listeners, then keep doing what you're doing and accept that. Just say, you're the right. dude that does it once every month, once every two months. And that's, that's, and be There's okay with it. There's nothing wrong with it. Be okay it's with it. It's only wrong if you make it wrong. Exactly, exactly. What were we talking about? We were uh, we got off on a little tangent. Uh, rappers being negative. Rappers being uh, negative. Yeah, and that's something too is realizing like we're all flawed. Like I'm flawed. I still oh, have definitely. this ton of man. I self reflect every day, and I find more things. I'm like, man, I really, I really need to get on that. I, I really need to start exercising properly. I've really dropped the ball on that. I'm very weak for that. 
but there's other things to notice like wow I really crushed those areas and I need to keep going so it's not like I'm saying all these things negative about how the people do things and not noticing I myself have to push but because I push I can talk about other people needing to <laughs> so tell me this because uh, I like to ask people questions yeah man. what do you do when you're feeling down and can't man so that's a good question so I have like, PTSD so CPTSD and it's like real real shit what is that for so CP CPTSD is complex PTSD. It's typically, you don't typically get it from one occurrence. It's a repeated occurrence, a conditioned occurrence. So like one of my triggers is whenever I hear, I suddenly hear footsteps on hardwood floor when I, whenever I'm focusing. That is That specifically triggers me and it literally puts me into a heavy panic attack. I, I go from feeling fine to feeling depressed instantaneously and it rocks your world. It's at, It's... You feel like you're being crushed. You feel like you're gonna die. You feel like, uh, you know, some people have different things. For me, if oh my god, my brain goes nuts. I start to feel like panicky and shit. And I do a very good job now. I deal with it very well. But it's, I'm always gonna have it. It's not gonna go away. And why I have that is because in our house there's, there's a two-story house, uh, and I had a back room, and my mother's room was carpeted, and she was downstairs. But coming out of her room into the living room, it was a wooded area. So I'd go from carpet, so you wouldn't hear, wouldn't hear, and then she'd step on the wooden floor, and she walks heavy, small woman, five foot frame, and I would just wait for her to scream my name to have something else to get screamed at for, or like something uh, to be reprimanded for, or berated for. I would say berated is more accurate. So like hearing that, hearing those footsteps, triggers the shit out of me. So so I get so I have to deal with funks all the time, every day. Uh, earlier today I had to. So how I deal with it is, and everybody I think is different, and everybody has their different things. My mind likes to work very quickly. My mind likes to be challenged to a point that it seems like it's impossible to do what I'm doing. And that makes me very good at like the events that I'm doing and the, I would say how ambitious the stuff that we're working on is. Um, because it puts me in a zone where my mind is fully taken over. So whenever I can push myself to be in that space, like listening to music and blocking out all sounds and focusing on something playing a very difficult game helps a lot um maybe it's going into a thought pattern and just thinking through deep thoughts you know thinking about i mean honestly like god well god can be and isn't uh you think about the deeper math that i'm able to do i'm not like super into it or to think about deeper science or the what ifs or the philosophies and getting to something where I have to really focus so it brings me back to a central point Okay. by being so challenging and difficult that I have to be centered to even think about it that helps me a lot that's like a meditation technique yes um, so I remember what we were talking about I wanted to know um, because you know people have ideas all the time right uh, but they oh yeah we built okay yeah yeah, yeah. so Let's I want to know how you built you took it from an idea to what it we is. We went from now. rapping, and you talked about gangster rap. Okay, yeah. so so I I sang it first, and I got the name from the occurrence, and then I started writing poetry, and really enjoyed that, and then I started rapping a little bit, and then um, I started working on making beats very passively, because like I don't know, you miss something out when you don't make your own in a way. So I started doing that and producing a little bit with Ableton, and I've very gradually done that for the past few years, and I'm getting okay at it. Uh, and th the idea was that me and my friend were gonna do a record label uh, called Heartpiece, which I, I still own the rights to and I have the website domain for and stuff. And maybe we'll do it at some point. It might be like a nonprofit or something like that. But we, we're gonna do a record label and make it like really empowering, really child focused, like make really good stuff for the kids and all that, but still like marketable, still like fun, it's still good. 
And then I thought, I'm like, hmm, I think heart piece can be more. I think we kind of just expanded into the empowerment of people. I'm like, how else can we empower people? I got into yoga and studying yoga and meditation. Uh, I was like, oh, maybe I could do that. Uh, I, I took a yoga teacher training. I'm like, oh, we're going to do yoga with, with heart piece as well. And then I started eating better. And I was like, oh, we'll do nutrition with heart piece. And it became this idea of like, we could bring this entire brand to the world with a bunch of things to help people. Mental health services, because obviously I have a very intimate experience with mental health. PTSD is one of the worst and almost impossible to deal with. You just have to make it work because there's no real solution for it other than constant work. Uh, so that's how we get to this point is heart piece did not work. And the reason why it didn't is because I I was naive and I kind of undervalued and undersold myself. And I, I don't think democracy works. Like it works on this larger scale, but it's not all democracy. It's a lot of capitalism and, and individual people making decisions yeah. for a lot of people. It's not all democracy. And I was trying to make an all democratic um, situation with like group ideas and people taking charge of certain things. And if people don't own it, they won't take charge of it, they won't do it. So our piece ultimately failed and lost a good bit of money doing it, uh, trying to do events with it. So I kind of went back to me. I went and I traveled a little bit and backpacked Costa Rica and Nicaragua and had you know, great growing experiences there. Reconnected with people, dove in deeper, started making more art just for myself and just isolation by myself a lot, which I was used to because when I was younger and very suicidal, I was very, very, very isolated. I used to live in a trailer that if I would have died, like nobody would know for weeks. So I went back to isolation but more in a healthy way. Uh, and I started making better music. My music started to get to the point that I'm like, this is pretty good. Like, I honestly, I should have released music six months ago. I have some like crazy good stuff that's just sitting on my laptop on a hard drive that I need to get to. Dude, release it, man. It's we'll, we'll get there, man. I wanna I wanna build this a little bit more first. Okay. Because I, I think this is more important. Like that would be more important for me, but it's it's more about if everybody's doing better, then I'm doing better. Fair enough. It's I, I would rather empower everybody else around me, and then and there's not as much stress to be better too. You know, I can just kind of, I can feed off other people now that they're kind of more empowered. Um, so, and I started DJing. I've always wanted to DJ because I've always been a huge, huge fan of music and like uh, European style DJing and house music and deep house music and uh, tech house, man. I love tech house. That's what I spend now, tech house and Afro house. And then I was like, okay, I want to get back out into the world. This is when I moved to in April to Wake Forest and started going into Raleigh and meeting people and stuff because this everything we're doing now with Between Two Clouds is pretty fresh but it's from years and years and years of working on myself and years and years and years of thinking how can I help other people that were like me because I made it through something that if people heard about the individual experiences they'd be like how you know so and because I have and I've experienced it I'm like I, it's my duty to now help other people that they might they might kill themselves if I don't offer them something to the world they can go to and know that somebody understands and the way you do this is so professional like I went to your well I wasn't your first one but I went to one uh, yeah. two weeks ago or three weeks ago or something like that four weeks ago mm -hmm. um, and I was like this is well run like who, who is doing this and can we talk to you and we made this happen so, so yeah. I was really impressed at how you know how comedy pretends to be sometimes it's not very organized. Right. The show starts at six. It really starts at eight o'clock. And yeah, man, it's something I'm very fortunate for. And it's one. It's one of those benefits from like getting through the hellish experiences I had because I got through those. There's certain things I can do that it's it's harder for other people. But there's other things I can't do that anybody can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like I, I, my soul, I'm an artist for sure. 
so I think of everything as an artist. It's, everything is very creative, but I approach business very creative too. And I don't go into business arrogantly. I go into it saying like, look, I don't know what I'm doing. I can learn from everybody. So I, I talk to a lot of people, I ask them, you know, I just ask for help a lot. Hey, can you tell me how you do this? Can you tell me how you do that? And I sit back and I listen and I formulate it. And then I don't just take their word for it. I take it in, I run it through all the stuff I've learned. So I have a lot of wisdom from my experiences and then I run it through that. And then I just try. I don't, I don't fear much. Like I don't fear, I've overcome death, don't care. Don't fear that. Don't feel fear others. I don't fear failure. So I just go in and, and I just try, and I see what happens. And we make mistakes, and uh, so we've done ten events now of the B two C to you, which is one of the events we do with Between Two Clouds. Um, we have another one coming up on December twenty ninth, which I super super highly recommend. Uh, if this podcast is up by by then, uh, this is one that if you want to experience what we do, that is the place to be. It's December twenty ninth. Between two clouds.com. It's called the end of the year party. It's gonna be proof at five points. It'll start at seven, go to two. It's gonna have comedy, music, DJing, the DJs I'm bringing, incredible. The comedians, incredible. Uh, live band, not no food this time though. So unfortunately, I'm not doing food. But so, there'll be drinks, stuff. It'll be a bar. So over time, like the first one we did was very humble. The comedians that we brought on were me. I I only wrote a few jokes for it. Uh, Nicolette, who runs the events with me, and Daniel. Daniel got awful. <laughs> Daniel was so bad that he kept coming on to the events just because it was funny for how bad he was. <laughs> like, and that was, and he knew it. We all knew it. He's funny as a person, but the moment he, there's pressure, he's on stage, literally the worst. So it was just us three. We live streamed it, which live streaming is really fucking hard, especially if there's a bunch of people involved. Live streaming one person playing a game, not that hard. Live streaming an event, oh my goodness, there's so much. Yeah. And to get it to be a quality thing and a good experience, viewing it, it's tough, tough, tough. hundred times harder than recording something and editing it. There's no editing. You have to do it in the moment. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that was ambitious. We didn't realize how ambitious it was. So we live streamed it, recorded it. We had a musician come through. Saxy Space Panda, amazing. But it was really humble. It was not much. The technology we have now is significantly upgraded. Let's say that technology, if it, if it was a 1 on a scale of 10, it, it was a little higher than that. This is like, technology is like an 8 at this point. So okay. we've super upgraded the technology and we did it very gradually. We just saw, okay, what worked, what didn't? What did we like? What didn't we like? What was magical? Because that's what we aim for is magic. We want every aspect to have an element of magic. Like this, I don't know why it's so good. I just, like we have speakers, we, ha we have a microphone, but the feeling you get being at our events, at least the feedback I've had and what I feel personally, and I, our team feels, you know, very genuinely, it, it feels special to us. Yeah, and y'all do things really well. Like when y'all handed me a plate last time, I was like, "Wait a minute, comedians cooking food." Now I taste it. I was like, "Holy shit, this shit is good." Well, our chef is an actual col trained culinary artist. I was like, "That is a good idea." Like I'm, I'm here for the food. Like even like, we kind of overdo everything. Over under, uh, what is it? Under promise, over deliver. Okay. Whatever it is. Under promise. Oh yeah. Okay. So like even our audio setup, the speakers we use are better than most venues. Unless it's a larger scale venue, our speakers are better. Our mixing system is better. Our lighting is okay. We're getting there. Our, the camera that we now use for our live stream, this will be the first one uh, tonight where we're using this camera, is it streams in 1080p. Oh, okay. It's, it streams in 1080p. It records in 4K. It's an incredible camera. So, like, we really, really have stepped it up and learned from our mistakes and what didn't go well. And So that's, I think, why it runs so well is everybody that's on the team gets that. 
none of us are hard on each other for mistakes. We get there are going to be mistakes, and we all like say, what was a mistake? What can we improve on? And we're just open with it. We want the best result because ultimately we want to empower people in general. Constant reflection. So there's this part I didn't tell you about the podcast. All right. Um, So I'm going to pause it really quick, and then I'm going to start it back up, and then I'll let you know what we're doing next. All right, man. Like I said, I have a surprise for you. And I have people come on and they do a motivational speech. So yeah, in about like done that. 20 seconds, <laughs> when the music starts, I want you to give your motivational speech. Like, act like you're talking to you know some kids or something. Yeah. But the music's gonna start in about five seconds. Yeah, man. Let's do it. So here we Might go. Be a little different than uh, other people. So, not a lot of people will tell you that life is not fair. There's nothing fair about it. And the reality is, you want to live a life where you feel good. And to feel good, you have to do things that have to feeling good. And nobody's gonna care as much as you about you feeling good. But it's possible. No matter what you've been through, if you work on yourself, and empower yourself, and reach for more, and you do it, the world will uphold you. Everything will work in your favor if you let it. Uh, your mistakes will become your greatest learning experiences. Um, your failures will create your best victories and best successes. If you learn from everything, you can you can do whatever you want to do. You can't do everything, but you can do anything. Uh, unless you want to be a flamingo, you probably can't be a flamingo. <laughs> you are going to be a human. Unless, I don't know, we're doing transgender now, we might do trans species later. So maybe you can be a flamingo later. If you want to be a flamingo, work at it. You never know. Yourself. You never know. So that was that was your motivation. Yeah, no, I don't have a problem with transgenders for the record. <laughs> just uh, just let me all know. I would have a problem with somebody trying to be a flamingo. Health hazard. Yeah, people can be whatever they want. You know. Uh, and I'm glad you added that part at the end because you know the SJWs will go crazy for I don't a joke. Get the wrong idea. I'm cool with everybody as long as they're. Themselves. All right. Did you think you'd be giving a motivational speech today? Dude, every time I talk, I feel that way. Oh, really? Just because, I don't know, man. I get really excited about telling people things. Because I, I think I just have a lot to offer to other people. I don't know. Thus far, people have really enjoyed kind of when I talk. So, yeah, I'm happy. This is, that was a really cool idea. Hey, man. I need to listen to other people's <laughs> on the podcast. Oh, yeah. I always see, try like, to get how some... I fare because I have no idea. <laughs> Uh, some people have listened before, so they'll cheat. I mean, I don't call it cheating, but they'll have one written already. Oh, no shit. But I like when people haven't listened, and I just spring it on them. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did my best. Hopefully, I don't get uh, don't get canceled. Nah, nah, man. This will be good. <laughs> It'll be out before your uh, next thing. You no, should... I mean canceled like the idea. Like, you're canceled. You're know, <laughs> you're done. Me too, uh, so what do you want to leave the people with? You said you had one more thing okay. you want to talk about. So I have one more story of, like, just how much I'd fuck up with just not having healthy relationships with women. So, girl I dated named Alex. Cool people. We had really fun times. Fun girl. Uh, little nuts for sure. I mean, I was a little nuts then too, so it's... it's <laughs> Two crazy much. people in a relationship. Oh, what could go not, wrong? What could go... Yeah, a lot. <laughs> a lot could go wrong. So, there was at least a hundred times we should have stopped doing what we were doing, right? Both of us were just like, media shit. 
So we just kept doing it. It was easy. And uh, it ended up with me being arrested. The only time I've been arrested. Uh, <laughs> it, it was this bad. For real. This exaggerated. After multiple fights. Shouldn't be together. I'm like, I want to do a trip for my birthday. I've never done anything for my birthday before this point. I was like 24, I think. Yeah. 25. I went to Asheville and got a few days at a hotel and... I didn't know what we were going to do. We were going to eat a bunch of good food and stuff like that. So we go out there, and it was fucking atrocious from the get-go. I mean, the moment we sat down at the table at a really nice restaurant, uh, Pasana, shout out to Pasana. Oh my goodness, they're so good. And Pasana. So uh, the first thing we do when we sit down is she pulls out her phone and then texts her ex-boyfriend at, at my like, birthday dinner. Right. And like, and she tried to make me feel bad about it. And this was like, like really got mad with me. Like, why would you have? She's my friend. He's my friend. It's like, I care. <laughs> if your parents call you, man, like, this is my, my birthday. I'm trying to do something for myself. This is new for me. This is I'm being vulnerable, even doing anything for my birthday. But it's fine that she she did it in retrospect, right? But in the moment, I was like, wow, this this is terrible. And then after that, after the meal. Uh, delicious food we're going around like seeing you know what to do we're just gonna bounce around I think we had an event next night that we planned to go to and I wanted to go watch the Eagles game I'm an avid avid Philadelphia Eagles fan there's not a lot of things where I get like stuck to but I'm very attached to that I love watching the games even if they lose I don't really care I just love watching the games and she knew that and it was like my birthday weekend so I was like really just wanted to go have a great time watching the game and she saw there was some artist she wanted to see perform. And she's like, you know what, you go watch the game. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go uh, watch this artist. We'll just, just meet up later. Yeah. And now, nowadays, if somebody asks that, I'll be fine with it. What do you, I'm, I'm gonna be fine. Yeah. Uh, but then, I was fucking, I was, are you fucking serious? <laughs> like, like af- especially after the whole thing with the texting ex-boyfriend, which there was issues before he would like bring her flowers and shit, and like last flowers and shit, like what? every day. Yes. Not good. There's so much more to this story. <laughs> This is like the ultimate, like, what the fuck. So, then she ends up coming with me to watch the game. And we're at a bar. And she was constantly saying how bored she was. Which, I get it, whatever. So we go back. And then, she was like constantly trying to seduce me. Constantly. I was, I was trying to watch the game, man. I was just trying to chill, enjoy this thing, the only tradition I really have in my life. So, then we end up getting into that. I'm still watching the game. I'm not... Watch the game. You know, still laying it down. Still, still. I'm just kidding. Maybe not. I don't know. I have no idea. But anyways, then she would get upset about that. I'm like, look, I told her, I'm watching the game. Like, this is what uh, so then the next day, we go out, drink a little bit, and she drank a lot. I don't even know what we did throughout the day. I can't really remember. But she ended up saying like some really just hard shit to me. Like saying, like, yeah, I think I like my ex more than you right now. What? Right. You could wait till after, like, and this is the day of my birthday. Yeah. You can wait till, like, after this trip. Right? Not being, telling me she was, I wasn't very attractive. Which, if, I, if I'm not, I'm not. Not not today. Yeah, not today. Terrible timing. Also my fault. <laughs> so, we get to a point where I'm like, I have this, like, point of clarity. I'm like, Wow, I am breaking up with you. This is obviously not good. Like, I was like definitively doing it, not like this roundabout way. 
And then she got really fucking upset. And it's like after she did all these things, like I don't know why the hell she was upset after that. I, I pretty much was assuming this would be a mutual situation after that conversation. So then I left. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go. And I usually was not that person. I'd be really. I wouldn't even say it's sweet. I'd be weak about it. Like, oh, Passive, like, like I'll stay here. Maybe fine. we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't see each other anymore. Tyler. No, no, I was like, yo, this is definitely over. Okay. No question. Then I left. I went back to the room and I was like, this is. I fucked up on this one too. <laughs> <laughs> she had this camera. That before I even left, she's like, okay, Amelia, just don't do anything with my camera. Now, mind you, I'm not. I'm not like a violent person. Yeah. I never broke anything. I guess. At all, somebody else is like viciously, and she's like, she's like, oh, I'm just worried about my camera. Like, you're not fucking worried about me. We were on this dumbass camera. So I went home and I broke that shit. Oh my god, <laughs> did I break that shit? I broke the fuck out of it. I fucking punched that shit. So I, I'm pretty sure like I broke a knuckle doing it. And I did it like as calmly as I've done anything in my life. Oh, that's when you know you're mad when oh, you're calm. I was, I was calm. I was like, you know, this is right. <laughs> bam, bam, bam. And uh, I felt good afterwards. Then she comes. Oh wait, no, this is actually I missed this part. So I actually took the camera. Yeah, I fucked up harder. Took the camera, went back to that bar. I was like, yo, acting like I was taking pictures and stuff. She's like, give me my camera, and causing a fucking scene. Acting like I was a bad guy in that situation. Oh, you were the bad guy at that point. Well, I, pictures? I wasn't planning on breaking it. Yet. Okay, okay. I wasn't planning on breaking it until after this. Okay. So it makes more sense now. So I was just showing up, and they're like, oh, this camera. This camera. What about this camera? Uh, then she like over exaggerated like God you need to leave you need to leave her alone she's like that's him that's him and all that happened previously was she was really shitty and I broke up with her and left yeah and she told him some story about some crazy shit they kicked me out of the bar and they're like just give me my camera they're like give her a camera I'm like this is my camera it's my camera so I leave with it I fuck oh man after I leave with this call my friend crying why do I keep doing this to myself? And then I go back to the room. I'm like, oh, fuck this camera. And then punch the little broke. Not normal for me. Very empowering. I'm very happy I did it. Uh, I ended up paying for the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Just wrote it. You wrote it a check. Like, I broke it. Here's a check. It was not like that. I, I wish it was more like that. No, it was court mandated. Oh, damn, dude. So, broke the camera. She comes back later really drunk. And I told her, I like locked the door. So I got the doors locked and all that. I told her, like, yo, this is not, I paid for everything, so you're not welcome here. It was a mile in my car. Like, you figured out, you know, this is the situation. And then she Cold comes back bloody. really drunk, and then she's like, it's not a regular hotel room, it's like outside, too. And, uh, like, when you open up, it's outside. And it's a pretty nice hotel, it's not like a motel or anything. But. For whatever fucking reason, I was really calm. I had a really good time after that point when I broke the camera. I just had, I don't know, I think I like wrote some poetry and stuff. You know, I re was reading a book. Like I was having, a, I, was, I was chilling. I was good. I was like good at that point. I felt really. She comes in like losing her mind. I'm like, okay, I'll try to calm her. Never ever do that. Never do this. Especially really drunk, man. It doesn't matter how regular that person is. Regularly, if they're crazy drunk. It's just not a time to try to calm it. They're not going to get calmed down. Yeah. So she comes in. She's like, asshole, where's my camera? And it's on the ground. like In pieces. Yeah, but I could have broken it more, man. It was, it actually ended up being fixable. Uh, could have done more. Should have done more. It is what it is. <laughs> or maybe not at all. Probably the more mature decision. But I learned a lot from this. So I'm glad I did it. Um, 
So then she got really fucking angry. And she hit me in the face repeatedly. After that. I mean, she probably hit me in the face probably 60, 70 times. And I was so zen out prior to this. I was like, dude, stop. 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 She hit me like I was like bleeding. My lip was busted. Uh, definitely bleeding for a while. And I didn't even touch her, like try to stop her for a while. Because I was thinking like, yo, I can't hit her. This, this is crazy. They don't realize slaps hurt. Oh, sh- oh man. I mean, I didn't. I'm glad I didn't hit her. No, I'm saying I got shit slapped out. Oh no, these are falling punches. Oh, punches. These are falling punches to oh, my face. I'd rather be punched than I'd rather be punched than slapped, man. Maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Her slap would probably be better. But anyways, after a while, I like, started hurting. I'm like, like I, I didn't like push off me. Like, grab her arms. Was like, yo, stop. And then she wouldn't stop. So I like maneuvered her. I, and everything I'm saying, it was actually way more passive than this. And I like kind of push her onto the bed, like normally how you'd like playfully push somebody onto the bed, not any more than that. And then she was still trying to fight me. I went to like try to clean up my wounds, and she hit me from behind and stuff. I'm like, yo, I gotta get the fuck out of here. And so keys, wallet, phone. Uh, the the and holy like, trinity. Right. And um, grab those. I'm like, yeah, I am getting out. I need to do something and then somebody's knocking on the door they come in they see me bloodied and they're like I'm calling the cops I'm like oh fuck I'm definitely getting out of here <laughs> so I left and I called the cops I was like yo this is the situation I told them exactly everything that happened I didn't like spare myself I was like well actually no, I didn't tell them I broke the camera that's, that's <laughs> the one area I did not say uh, I wonder if I ever denied that I might have denied it but I ended up not denying it and she just kept hitting me, kept hitting me, kept hitting me. And when she noticed, the moment she noticed it wasn't like impacting me as much as she hoped, this is when she fell on the ground and started wailing. Absolutely wailing, crying as loud as she could. And, uh, yeah, terrible night. Ended up talking to the cops, everything was calm. They were gonna go up and it didn't seem like anything was gonna happen, right? They go up and she like super resisted. Like she had to like drag her down. And she was screaming back at the cop car, he hit me, he hit me, he hit me. Meanwhile, like, I was like bleeding and she was fine. And, uh, so eventually they said there's probable cause because like her nose ring or something like that. She's like, what's, what's up with the nose ring? I'm like, what dude? Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't give him any attitude. Yeah. I was like, I, I don't know, man. And, uh, So they said something along the lines of, well, there's probability because of like how he looks and the situation. We're gonna arrest him and you know, we'll figure it out in court. So I got arrested that night. And uh, I went to, I have a really cool mugshot on this one. Oh, really, dude? I wanted to clean up my blood prior to taking the mugshot. And I'm like, no, this is evidence. So I took, I have a mugshot, right? And I'm such a, I'm like five seven, I'm small, but like in that picture, I look like a badass. <laughs> Uh, lip is bleeding, like dripping down, and I have my hair like looks nice, looks like a hipster that was like went to the dark side. Dude, man, that's cr- that's a, it, it's crazy that that escalated to that point. Cause like I got hit a couple times and I was just like I gotta get out of here. Cause Dude, I just I was too passive. Really? And, and that's the thing is like even like me pushing her, I think nowadays I wouldn't. Have you even done that? Like I, realistically, people literally bump into each other on the sidewalk. 
more aggressively than even that situation for me was. And nowadays it's like, if somebody hit me that much, I would just be like, all right, dude, I'm, I will see ya. I'm gonna get out of here. Nah, that's dangerous, man. Like, really I, dangerous. it is real dangerous because like, I was getting clocked and she was keep clocking it and one of them connected really well and like I felt myself like almost ball up and I was like oh nope time to leave before I get in trouble cause like you never know how someone's gonna react when they when you hit them and I just I felt this anger brewing like I, on hit like number 13 I felt this anger start brewing and I was like I gotta yeah. bounce I don't think I got angry during that really it's entire experience I was I don't know what it was I was really zen prior to that now any other time it might have been it might have been worse and it's something that I don't regret that experience at all and I've Hopefully, you know, hopefully it was good for her too to like know what to not like. We shouldn't have dated. I guess just that simple. We should have known that. So I'm glad it escalated to that point to be such a good lesson. And, uh, and, and honestly, she's cool people. You know, it's just that she needs to be in the right situation. Same as I need to be in the right situation. She's fun. Uh, there's a lot of things about her that you know, I didn't find a lot of other people. So, you know, no resentment towards her in any, any degree. So that's what I've learned too is like not taking shit so serious. Like that entire night wasn't that big of a deal. The fact that we got arrested is, it would have been so much better if both of us were mature enough to stop and talk. And yeah. To, and say like, yo, this isn't healthy. Anything that happens tonight is not worth it. And then split. But you know, I was way more mature than she was way more mature. And then, <coughs> so I ended up, I ended up getting, and this is the fucked up, the most fucked up part is she got simple assault. That was her charge. I got assault on a woman. Oh, really? Yes. Meanwhile, I was bloodied the fuck up. See, man, you can't be out there. That was not good. That's why I just leave. Even though she was the aggressor a hundred times more than I was. Now, granted, I broke the fuck out of her camera. It is what it is. I don't blame her for attacking me. Nobody should have to get to that point. But, I mean, it's, it's such small beans. We weren't stabbing each other. There's no weapon involved. There was no... Like, we didn't tussle at all. It wasn't like that serious in a way nah, man. that's the worst experience i've ever had obviously i'm one you can we you can get aggressive you can punch in my chest stomach hell you even can kick me in the penis if you want to but that's don't harsh. hit me in the face and man, that's why i kept telling like time. don't kick, stop punching me in the face like i my mama made this this is this is elegance you can't be punching me in the oh, face man, see i've always been ugly oh word okay <laughs> so that's why you weren't that concerned with it this no, is the moneymaker. Honestly, I've actually never been ugly. I just always thought I was ugly. Okay. So I didn't have as much value to it. Really? No, I was like, stop punching me in the face. Um, so what do you want to leave the people with? Like, what do you want to, what's the last thing you want to tell them before we get out of here? Yeah, I think something that a lot of people don't get is people, they don't think they're judgmental, but they fucking are. Like, normal people end up doing awful shit. So in my life, like, that was probably my worst situation was... It was probably that. I don't think I've ever done anything even really close. Maybe. I don't, I don't think so, though. And if I did, I would, like, fess up to it. I'm not. I'm big on that, like, no matter what the situation was. Uh, but the amount of good that I believe I have the potential now and that I do put out in the world wouldn't have happened without me not being a great person and not, and not being broken. And I think we're so harsh on people to make mistakes and that are broken and that are, you know, we can't relate to because they have a brokenness we can't understand and they don't understand. And you don't need to dive into their craziness, but just understand that life happens and different things happen to different people. And we don't even know how the brain works yet. You know, not being so judgmental about 
that homeless guy on the sidewalk or that guy that does something awful or that girl that does something awful because it goes both ways and that's something we forget too is it doesn't matter what your gender is and what your race is everybody can be awful everybody can everybody is it's not like just because you're this you're more likely to be awful it's just different and and showing the same compassion to people to do awful things because they need it to more more than people that don't do awful things a lot of us do awful things because of the experiences and how we're conditioned by our parents and our childhoods and realizing everybody just wants to feel good you know and being more compassionate to everybody not just the people that's convenient to be compassionate to agreed i i don't think people realize that if we started being less judgmental on people who make mistakes and who mess up and they're more likely to start fixing those things yes. but that it's mountain you know that mountain of uh trying to improve yourself is so high and it's increased by judgment yes. and people who won't let it go that yeah. some people just say fuck it and don't try to climb it in a culture where you get you could do if you sell weed you can go to jail for years that's fucking crazy it's crazy or you get into a fist fight and go you can go to jail for years yeah. that's fucking crazy listen if, if, if I'm out at a bar and me and a dude get into a fight and he whoops my ass, I don't want him to go to jail. No, God, how it should be is cops show up and they're like, yo, let me talk to these guys. Are these violent guys or did something violent happen? Yeah. No, I mean, I think there's definitely a different repression for like murder. I mean, yeah. If you can get yourself to that point, I mean, you, gotta go to you jail. might have to. But jail should be rehabilitated, rehabilitated as well because not, none of us chose to be here. All of us are going to die. It's very important to remember those things. Is that the last word you want us to leave? All of us are going to die. All, everybody that you love is going to die. You're going to die. And if you remember that every day, you'll live a life that's worth living. Hey, the person sitting beside you while you're listening to this podcast, they're going to die. They are. But all we have is the experiences and the time now. So it's really important to make the most of it and, you know, have a good time. Have fun. Like between two class stuff, we're big on fun. We work hard to make it way more fun. And life can be fun. It can be healthier. And it can be more worth it. You know, it doesn't have to be violent. It doesn't have to resort to that. But you have to work hard for that. It's not easy. The, the easy way out is violence. The easy way out is putting on others. The easy way out is to reject that person. The difficult path is to show compassion. The difficult path is to be soft with people and be kind. And, and he it's just the gave, path worth doing. And he just gave a second motivational speech, y'all. Uh, that was Humor and Mistakes. We were here with Between Two Clouds. Uh, they're going to have a show tonight, but you won't hear it by then. But they're also on the 29th are going to be putting on an end of year party. We're at. Yeah, it'll be at proof at five points. And for all the information, you can go to between two clouds.com, B E T W E E N, the number two clouds, C L O U D S dot com. And uh, the poster should be right there. It should be very easy to get to. Tickets are early bird $8. The general mission to be 10 to 12. Uh, and the performers we have coming on are well above that bill. It's incredibly cheap for what it's going to be and we're really excited for it and uh thanks for listening hey man check it out it's gonna be really good thank y'all that was humor and mistakes uh we'll be back again next week thank y'all remember everybody makes mistakes but it's okay <laughs>